gone. It's a grand slam. And that's the ball game. This is the Prospects Baseball Show, your inside look at the boys and girls of summer. Here's your hosts, Dean Millard and Jordan Blundell. Hello there. Welcome back to the Prospects Baseball Show. It has been nearly a month uh, since we have chatted, uh, obviously, with uh, the Christmas season and then the sickness season that is still going on in this household, unfortunately. Uh, But this is episode 28, so thank you very much for tuning in. And, of course, Jordan Blundell, uh, the head coach and AGM of the Edmonton Prospects, is with me. I'm Dean Millard. Jordan, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? You feeling better? Yeah, we're we're like this has been a two week thing. You yeah. know, we, we ended up we had to end up going to um, emergency on the vice of of my wife's doctor. So uh, this flu cold season, whatever you want to call it, I obviously still have something. Uh, my wife definitely is. So I can't wait for it to be over and and go outside again and get some fresh yeah, air. Not it. that you want to go outside right now. No. <laughs> uh, this is a day I would say is really cold. Harkening yeah. back to a conversation yeah. we had a while ago. It's, it's real nice outside there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, let's go. Yeah, the sun shining. Yeah, let's go do some dry land like, training. I caught uh, I caught a week long sickness before yeah, Christmas. Yeah, you had it too. Yeah, and then a couple of weeks previous to that, I was like a three four day or so. Yeah. I feel good now. I hope you guys feel better here quickly. We're on the road to recovery. Yes. All right, big show today. Brent Lavalley, Blue Jays yeah. minor league coach, uh, manager, field manager, and formerly at uh, LSUS uh, and, and uh, NCAA, uh, and also um, a you know really really good past history with the yeah. North Delta Minor Baseball Association. A good Canadian kid that's uh, made it down south and has joined the Canadian organization. It's it's kind of like a, a childhood dream for some people yeah you know what uh that, that's a grinder right there that's a canadian baseball grinder his story um sig- it, it signifies exactly why u.s college coaches like the canadians when they get them and they get down there um he got a lot of work to do and he went in there with his with his lunch pail mm-hmm. and his hard hat and went to work and then you know, 15 years later, he's got an opportunity with the Toronto Blue Jays organization. We'll discuss all of that in a good conversation with Brent. Uh, obviously, the big story, the blow up with the Houston Astros. <laughs> so we will dive into that. And we're going to announce the winner of our Ultimate Sports Passes contest. Oh, yeah. So you get a ticket to the Prospects game. Uh, well, you're going to have two. Uh, two tickets to a Prospects game. Two tickets to an Eskimo game. you got the Edmonton Stingers and FC Edmonton in there. It's a great deal, and we are going to tell somebody at the end of the show that they are a winner. Uh, for every time you want to get a hold of us, you can get us on Twitter, at ProspectsPod. Jordan is at JordanBlundell14. I'm at Duck Millard. And, of course, the team is at EDM Prospects. On Instagram, Prospects Baseball Show. Facebook Prospects Baseball Show. You can email us at any time, uh, questions, comments, whatever, prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com and check out these websites, the prospectsbaseballshow.ca uh, for all past episodes, contests, etc. And for everything team related, it's www.prospectsbaseballclub.com. Hey, bada, 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 swing, bada. God, I'm looking at the curveball. Let's go around the horn and get the big news in baseball. Well, there is no bigger news than what has happened with the Houston Astros and Major League Baseball, the digital sign stealing. And listen, we had a, a lot of people, including myself, had a lot of fun with uh, the links that the Astros were going to. Like I was joking that uh, a slider to Altuve and there's a marching band out in center field, right? Uh, disco dancing, somebody's break dancing in the upper deck. And like, <laughs> it turns out it was like a, a garbage can. I mean, and, and here's the price that they have paid. Uh, manager AJ Hinch and, and GM uh, Jeff Lunau suspended for one year. The Astros lose first and second round picks this year and next year. And also... Five million dollars, as uh, Doctor Evil would say. <laughs> uh, before we get to some uh, reaction from Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, and what he did, your thoughts on the punishment strictly for Major League Baseball? We'll get to what Jim Crane did in a second. Um, heavy, uh, rightfully so. I uh, 
I figured that uh, the draft picks would be part of this 2020 draft, 2021 draft, first and second round. And uh, the, you look at some of their first round picks. Yeah, they're big time. Korea. That's uh, when they were drafting Bregman. early in the in the round. But first, this isn't hockey. Springer. You know, first rounders at the end of the first round are, are legit. There's guys in the fourth round that are legit. There's guys in the 16th round that are legit. Um, this will hurt. This will hurt. That's um, four players. Uh, and you're expecting, you know, you're, you're hopeful like two of those four are borderline impact guys. Well, with the way they drafted, one of them's probably an all-star. Yeah. Well, and like those, those guys were built when they weren't good. So they were drafting higher yeah, and for first overall for Korea, but there's lots of guys that, <clears throat> and this is something that the Yankees have been able to capitalize on in the draft. There's guys that'll slide oh my goodness. Uh, based on assignability and the amount, um, and they've slid slid later into the first round because you know teams that maybe don't have that uh, cachet. And, and there's there's a bonus like there's a draft allotment how much you get to spend. And some teams, you know, view strategically how they want to disperse their money through the first ten rounds. And they'll they're eyeballing guys in the fourth and fifth round. They need to keep some money for, uh, you know. And then the Yankees are sitting there and there's a big time prospect. He wants five million at the back. Of the 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 <laughs> and and they'll do it. Mm. You know and. And they'll just find a way to do it. So the draft picks will hurt, no doubt about that. The five million dollars—it's a big number. It's—it it doesn't mean anything. Five million is nothing, uh, but but it's significant. It's five million mm-hmm. at the end of the day. That's chump change. It's, here's it's here's a pocket change. The non-monetary punishment is their reputation. That, yeah. Like that's the biggest hit in all of this. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, and now we get to the the, the manager and the GM. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I think it's heavy. Uh, a, a full year for, for AJ Hinch, um, leader of the ship. He, he's got to go down with the investigation, uh, and the GM, um, and now, you know, in the next few days, we're going to kind of hear what, what each guy knew, you know, how much they're willing to divulge. Um, there's a statement from Lundhau, uh, brought to you by Ken Rosenthal, mm-hmm. um, later in the statement, he's, I am not a cheater. Yeah. How can you say that? Well, he... I, let's discuss this real quick. Uh, he wasn't involved with what was going on there. And and I'll tell you, okay, yeah, you're the GM. You you're need the GM, to, sorry. You need to know everything that's going on. Fine, he's going to pay the price. He's going to lose his job, okay? Um, uh, I can see that he didn't know what was going on, specifically how this was all playing out. Now the, fact, now the fact that he didn't hear rumblings of this, because this has come up since 2017, at that point, you could have ended it if you're the GM. So I think that's where you didn't stop this. That's where you're paying the price. Now, did he know everything that was going on in game? No, there's no way he would. Uh, he's got a different job to handle. But at the end of the day, the GM, who they were warned about doing these that's things right. in 2017, he wasn't able to put a stop to it. That's where you, you're going to fall he's down. Culpable. He's culpable. He is now culpable. It because all falls of that. on his feet because of that situation. Well, let's let's bring up another situation that that's, okay. that's been talked about, maybe not being mentioned right now. Um, they hired a guy from the Cardinals that broke into digitally right. into the Cardinals records and prospects and, and information and brought that to the Astros organization. So um, they're not well-liked. Uh, they had that incident with the assistant GM in the clubhouse. Brandon Taubman. You know, they they brought Osuna in, which yeah. the, I'm not going to get into that. But, but that's not it. Nobody was going near him. Right. And this is going to be, on top of the $5 million they're paying in a fine, they're going to probably triple that in PR costs that they're going to have to do. From uh, the, the, the Cardinal that I totally forgot about to Osuna. Uh, to Taubman, to this, this, and the way they reacted to oh. the article, they they have are as you know, and they were you that, know they the were, way they reacted to Taubman was is embarrassing, dis- disgusting, is disgusting. So here's what, and I, and I know I'm not sure I believe a hundred percent of everything Jim Crane says yeah. as the owner. Here's some of Jim Crane at his availability today, the owner of the Astros, who took Major League Baseball's punishment even further. I have higher standards for the city and the franchise, and I'm going above and beyond MLB's penalty. Today, I have made the decision to dismiss A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau. We need to move forward with a clean slate, and the Astros will become stronger 
a stronger organization because of this today. You can be confident that we will always do the right thing and will not have this happen again on my watch. Okay, so it happened on his watch. Do you believe he is exempt? Uh, No, you're the owner. Here's the the deal, Dino. You you just had your GM and your manager suspended for the year. Um, It's pretty easy to fire them at this point. Like, what value do they bring? You can get out of their contract because now it's negligence. And, and well, Sean Payton was suspended. Yeah, and they 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 stuck with him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, it, it's pretty easy to walk away. It is easy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's now. built. It's built in. Yeah. yeah. It If it was a preemptive firing, that would have maybe more legs. I, more well, legitimacy. I, I would to think it. so. Would right. Yeah. You know, if he steps up in uh, December when this. Yeah. You know, it, all this is coming out for us now in the public. I mean, they. They knew that there was some big time punishment coming. This was happening. Um, they probably would have been aware of this. Yeah, he said they found de- out on the weekend. Yeah, but they like they they knew but in they December. But they knew something was coming. Well, yeah, but maybe not this severe. big. But maybe they. I don't know if he he thought he would be having to hire a new manager. If it was a fifty game suspension, he'd still be the manager. I think. Okay. Well, then that's my opinion. Good point. So then if you want to be preemptive and you want to hold your organization to a higher standard and you know he's getting at least 50, mm-hmm. maybe it's not the year, do you not step out in front of it? You should, yeah. So Jim Crane was asked if the World Series titles are tainted. 17, 19. I don't think it taints it. Bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> Pardon my French. That's a crock of crap as uh, as uh, another bring guy bring it. likes to say. That's a crock of crap. Am I hot? Yeah, I'm hot. That's a crock of crap. Even Gretter is upset. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Pardon my language, but I just, I'm, 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 I just don't. How, how can you not say they're tainted, man? I'm not saying that they wouldn't have won them. Well, uh, well no. But you, how ha- do you know? there are questions. Yeah. How, if he wants to be transparent, he can't say this. I don't think it taints it. You know that clip is going into my uh, all-time books of that's going to be bringing what? up whenever, whenever I don't believe somebody. I don't think it taints it. That's what you're going to hear. What? What? Do you, it has to taint it, what, doesn't it? What could you do then to taint something? Yeah. Well, where is the? Where does the asterisk fit? That, that's right. You know, Good like the, point. Like the PED era. Uh, one of the reasons there's not going to be asterisks is because MLB doesn't want that to be part of their history. And there was a gray area. And there were so many guys doing it, mm-hmm. and they're not sure who did it. So it's just. It can be known outside the record books as the PED area, but they're not going to distinguish that inside their own record right. books. Here's the thing. Jim Crane was asked about the memos that went out in 2017. Mm. You just referenced those yes. a little while ago, right? And and th- this is what happens. The memos go out in 2017 about digital sign stealing. For me, this was a very important question, and it was asked twice. If you listen to the entire conference, it was asked twice because the first time he danced around it, and reporters, just to give you a, an inside look at this, are rarely allowed a follow-up yeah. question. Unless you're Terry Jones, who just talks off mic and forces them to bring the <laughs> mic over. That's, yeah. it's, it's a weird situation. But yeah. you're rarely allowed to say, actually, you didn't answer my question because then the mic is going to somebody else. So this was a very important question in in my opinion. I did talk to Jeff at that time. I think it's in the report and said, listen, um, I hope we're not doing any of this. If we are, you guys need to knock it off. So I did, I did warn, warn him, um, and it's in the report. So he says he went to him without any knowledge when the report came out and says, GM, stop doing this if we're doing it. And, oh, and Jeff said, no, we're not doing it. That's why G- the GM is being suspended. Because it's in the report that the owner told him to stop and they kept doing it. Or he or he didn't look into it enough, whatever it is. Yeah. Do you believe Jim Crane? That he told him to knock it off? No, that, that he, like, yeah, does that absolve him? It, I don't believe, I think Jim Crane knew this was going on and somehow was escape punishment. Yeah. As an owner, but, but that, he, that answer, hands on. That answer gives him that, hey, I asked, that's all I can do. He's a hands-on guy. He had to approve the Asuna stuff. Um, that's right. He, he's not... He's a the way he had to approve their reaction to the to yep. the article and about Brandon the, Taubman. The, the Taub, exactly. Like he he's part so, of this whole process. Um, MLB s- sent out the message in 2017. 
They sent it out again in 2018 because the Apple Watches and the Yankees Red Sox dugouts and some of the things that were going on there. Um, it, it's not the first warning. It's been out there. Your owner comes to the GM, you know, whether he did or he didn't, it's not like the GM wasn't aware of a warning in 2017 to clean it up. Does this enough of a suspension and punishment to scare other teams from trying this again? Oh, I would think so. I mean, your career is now in jeopardy. I, I think AJ Hinch will find another managing managing job. Maybe. Um, it's my belief. I don't think he manages again in Major League Baseball. Oh, I, I do. Maybe yeah. as a coach, but no, no, I don't think he's a manager again. I think I think he will be. For well, sure. and you know what? People, uh, hell, this Astros team uh, signed Osuna, so I guess you just you just <laughs> never know. Yeah, like it, in, in the NFL. The, look uh, at the amount of times things yeah. that people have done. Like, I'm not sure Bill Peters ever gets a job in the NHL no, again. I don't think and so. this is this what the Astros did is not on that level of racism and, and physical assault. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, this is what I find. This, this wasn't just so I'm not going to try and absolve the Astros, but they weren't the only ones doing this. It doesn't things. matter. And it, and it doesn't matter. You're right. But that's why Hinch isn't going to be blacklisted for forever. We'll see. Well, you, you, you are probably right, but Jim Crane did a lot of deflecting today, referencing in the same answer that, <laughs> quote, this has been going on with a lot of other teams, end quote, yeah. just like what you said, and then concluding the exact same answer was saying, quote, I'm only focused on the Astros. Well, you just tried to tell everybody that all these other teams are doing it, but you're only focused on the Astros. Listen. I, I know Top we have two sides. We know, I know we have two sides of our mouths. We don't have to talk out of both of them at the same time. And that's exactly what he did. So here's why I'm not sure the AJ. Houston, the Houston two-step. <laughs> yeah. Here's why I, I'm not sure AJ Hinch gets a job again. This was his answer in October of 2019 about this. AJ, what do you think of the uh, allegations you guys were using whistles to try to gain some kind of advantage. Man, I'm glad you asked that question. And I thought it would come up today. Um, and it's, you know, we talked about this the other day. And in, in, in reality, it's a joke. But, um, you know, Major League Baseball does a lot to ensure the, the fairness of the game. Um, there's people everywhere. If you go through the dugouts and the clubhouses and the, and the hallways, there's like so many people around that, <clears throat> that are doing this. And then... You know, when I get contacted about um, some questions about whistling, it made me laugh um, because it's ridiculous. And and had I known that that it would take something like that to 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 set off the Yankees or any other team, we would have practiced it in spring training, <laughs> and we would have got you know because it's it's you know it, it apparently works when it doesn't happen. So um, to me. I understand the gamesmanship. I understand um, kind of creating a narrative for yourself or wondering how things are going. Now, the game in question, you know, we got three hits and no runs. Um, and so, I just, you know, nobody heard it. You guys have audio, video, people, people in places and nothing, and there's no evidence of anything. So um, to the Yankees, you know, there's, there's no, nothing bad going on. Um, pitch tipping is a little bit of a different story. If you don't want us to know the pitch is coming, don't do something that, that demonstrates what pitch you're going to pitch or what you're going to throw, but they're doing the same thing. So every hitter wants to know what's coming, uh, by virtue of what a pitcher is doing or not doing. The, the problem that I have is when other people take shots at us, um, outside this competition. You know, when you guys ask me this question, my, you know, my face, my name is by my quotes, my, my opinions, my, uh, my reaction is all for you guys to, to, to tweet out and, and put on the broadcast. But when we have people that are, that are unnamed, um, or you guys have sources that are, that are giving you information, I suggest they put their name by it if they're so passionate about it to comment about my team or my players. Um, there's nothing going on other than the competition on the field, the fact that I had to field the question um, before a really, really cool game out of Yankee Stadium is is unfortunate, but we can put it to rest. It'll be the last question I answer about pitch tipping or, or pit, pitch stealing. I think not. I think you're going to have to answer a few questions, A.J. Hinch. So first of all, A.J. Hinch owes an apology 
to quote the unnamed source. And that those are very important to media members. AJ Hinch owes an apology to the members of the media that wrote about this using unnamed sources. He does. I know people don't like unnamed sources, but that's how, dude, Watergate happened with unnamed sources. So this is a very important part of a reporter's job, and he owes an apology. You still think he can walk that back and be a manager? All the stuff that he said there, making fun of the Yankees, and come on, I think that... I, I'm you not. Set, you set me up here. You had this this clip ready to go. I don't like that. That's but not, I don't that, like what that's he said. the point I'm and yeah. I make and that's fine. I, I'm not saying he won't ever be a manager yeah. again. I'm just saying that's going to be tough with to that, overcome that stuff out there. It's going to be hard to walk that back. Like yeah. he is l- l- clearly lying. I I I just like the intricate nature of how they pulled all this stuff off, and then to say it like that and and. You know, all the John Boy media will give him a shout out on our podcast. I mean, he he spent some some time um, through these games and picked out it's clear as day when it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think they have every pitch? No. Maybe they weren't even doing it that game, and AJ's using that to justify him trying to tell the truth. Maybe. Whatever. It doesn't really matter because they were doing it. They were doing it. It sucks, man. Like, so I just, I just, he I, might have a hard time with that one. I couldn't imagine, like, I'm all for like picking up signs at second. I'm all for yeah, if a the catcher sets it, up early, yeah. the pitcher's gloves. That's and, right. Like that's part trends, of the game. Yeah, trends, yeah. right? And if a pitcher tips his pitch, it's on him. Just like if a guy lights up a pitcher and and throws the bat. Well, don't let, get him, it, let you light him up. <laughs> you score a goal and you want to celebrate? Don't let them score. Well, I'm just so pitching we'll, tips or tipping pitches rather is different than, than yep. this sophistication. And just quickly, because we got to move on to a, a couple of news about your team. What happens with Alex Cora now? Now, depending on when you're listening to this, you might already know. I but think he's a ringleader, man. He's in man. hot water. He was a bench coach yep. and was said to be involved in coming up with the, t- quote, trash can this concept. The, he's the manager of the Red Sox. There's word out there there could be discipline for him. Um, Carlos Beltran looks like he will escape yes, discipline in uh, the, for the Mets, but because he was a player, yeah, there could be two new openings now. Houston, well, there is an opening in Houston and um, an opening in uh, in Boston, uh, possibly as well. So, uh, is Alex? Do you think Alex Cora is going to get like a fifty game, a hundred game, a full season? What do you think? Speculation is for Cora. Well, I'm guessing it's uh, the same or worse. So the minimum, AJ he, Hinch? yeah, the minimum he's getting is a year. One year, <laughs> like this is if they're giving it to those two guys, he was. And if he's the ringleader, he was, he was hired by the Red Sox because he was AJ's right hand man. Mm-hmm. You know, the manager and the bench coach have this relationship where the the bench coach doesn't have to go down with the ship on the decisions, but he's the guy that you're talking to. He's like, hey, what do you think about this? What right. do you think about that? He's influencing everything, and he's got kind of the. Uh, the uncle relationship as opposed to the dad where he goes to the players and, and he's not he's the one cop. Yeah. He's not the one right in the lineup. You know, he's talking, well, he's too busy getting trash cans ready. <laughs> he's too busy going to Oscar the Grouch's wholesale uh, uh, <laughs> uh, building and buying 12,000 trash cans. Uh, like he, Oscar the Grouch has retired. Oscar the Grouch has retired on, on Alex Cora's scheme here. He is in a trash can on a beach somewhere yelling at kids because A.J. Hinch put him, or Alex Cora put him in such a, such a good business position. We got we to gotta use that as a gift here at some point. I, <laughs> I think, I think Cora, Cora is going down. Okay. Um, we'll see what happens. Like, I don't wish this on any of them. I don't like well, that no, this Well, no, if they a, cheated, they yeah, deserve like, to I be just, punished. I don't like that this has happened. It is it is a black mark. I watched a lot of the job. How do you Boy. think I feel from 20? 17. I haven't even brought that up yet. Oh, no. Here no, we but go. I'm saying, and, and I'm not saying that they won because of this, yeah. but as a Dodgers fan, or as if somebody's a Yankees fan, yeah. how are you not pissed off at this? So just think how many people that is. There's like 26 million people <laughs> yeah, in those both two states. Markets, yeah. So anyway, there's like 35 million yeah. people that are upset at the Astros. Well, there's more than up. that. Yeah. Just from those two. Yeah, from yeah. those two teams those two that maybe feel cheated. Okay, quickly, uh, before we get into our guest of the day, Brent LaValle, Blue Jays minor league manager. He's going to be working for some with some up-and-coming talent with the Blue Jays. You have uh, some brand-new talent to talk about when it comes to the Edmonton prospects. Yeah, what, uh, I don't even remember where we left this off. I think we talked about a couple guys 
Um, we talked about uh, Travis Hunt returning. Yeah. And uh, that might be it. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I've got some more guys signed. Um, uh, the, the difference between uh, I've got some guys signed and, and we've announced them. So I'll go through the guys that we've announced. Um, we've got some other contracts and, and just waiting to get to the announcement. Sorry, I just saw this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the yeah, that you yeah. sent me. We're gonna have to work on that for sure. There's some. There's yeah, gotta be some coming out. You guys, you guys should have a garbage can night next year, <laughs> dude. That's a good idea. Promotions that's, get on it. Yeah, garbage <laughs> can night. Prospects game. Oh, Oscar the Grouch celebration. Garbage can night. Yeah, I'm gonna get that out of my notebook. You right have now. to. I like it. If you guys can do a Hawaiian shirt hero night, you can do garbage can night. And I love the Hawaiian shirt hero night. But yeah, that was cool. Okay, go on with your players. All sir. right, so we got uh, we got Jesse Ponawaza coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the the pitcher that uh, took a line drive to the head, and that's not what he should be known about. But I think it's worth bringing up that he's able to recover from. Yeah, that. recovered. He's he's going full goal here. Um, he was really good for us last year, and 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 maybe came in a little bit unheralded, mm-hmm. um, and and got opportunity and and made the most of it, you know. And and that's that's third line grinder type stuff for us. So he'll be back, and we we expect bigger and better things from him. Um, Jesse doesn't need to carry our pitching staff, but. He's going to be a big part of that Integral stuff. Part for yep. sure. Trevor Berg come back. He's he's uh, he's probably our number two last year uh, as we shifted through. He started in the bullpen as a setup closer uh, and did well. And then we just, you know, let's see what he can do, uh, extend some outings here. And he was really good for us as a starting pitcher. Hopefully he gets a chance to throw a ton at school. Selfishly, we don't want to throw him too much down there so that he can come up and pitch for us. Right. That's always kind of the trade off here. That'll be a balance for yeah, sure. Yeah, Scott Gillespie's coming back, Sherwood Park, the longest serving member of the prospects organization. Awesome. He's been around longer than, than Pat's been around. You know, and, and he might be a guy that, um, you know, becomes really uh, important to baseball in the Edmonton area when his playing career is done. Yeah, you know, he's he, he loves the game. Um, uh, super loyal like like bleeds the program awesome. he's a he's a leader down south at uh, arkansas monticello he's a leader for us um it was good having him I, like i've been in the league previous to managing you know scott's been in the league currently you know three four years and it was good to have him and like he could bounce ideas and, and he knew what was going on mm-hmm. for the players like hey we go to this restaurant or let's go yeah, grab yeah. this fast food a good tour guide yeah. rare that you can spend that much time in this league and yeah. that's really important for um you know obviously his development but also the the local the local players that the, that you have somebody to rely on like that every year yeah well you know sure park minor baseball produced a good one there and, mm-hmm. and you know kids should look up to scott um, we just announced not that long ago, infielder AJ Geich from Yale University. Not um, the we pipeline got, we continues. Got, we, got the, we got the pipeline going. Um, AJ's uh, uh, speed uh, gamer, play hard. You know what I'm looking for, Dino. Mm-hmm. Um, he can play the game. He's a good kid. Uh, you know, obviously at Yale, he's a, he's a good student as well. For sure. And not that that, not everybody has to be that level of student for us, but you know, obviously he's, he's a Yale, Yale university. And obviously you guys have a good, uh, relationship and and now good reputation having, what was it? Four guys. We had four guys last year. year. Um, unfortunately I haven't announced, we've got another one, but I'm going to save that for another podcast. Good point. So AJ's versatile. He played in the infield. Um, yeah, I think he'll be similar to Pierce. Uh, they're, they're a little Pierce different. Blachowiak. Yeah. Like they, they could, Pierce could run, man. Like he's the fastest guy in the league. AJ's not quite that fast. Cause there's not many humans that are, <laughs> but he's also not that far off that speed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Pierce was winning, setting track records yeah, in his high school. Yeah. Yeah. And, and AJ's a switch hitter. Like I said, versatile, play some infield outfield. Um, looking forward, looking forward to that. Um, Another infielder and another versatile guy. I've got him listed as a utility player just because I know him and I can play him at first base, right field. Like, shoot, it, it, could he catch? Yeah. Do I want him to catch? No. But mm-hmm. uh, Mike Brisson, he's a true freshman. So is AJ. He's a true freshman. I yell. Mike Brisson's from St. Albert. Grew up in the Samba um, organization, which is a great minor baseball organization. They produce some awesome players, some great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Brisson's here. I, I had him as a youth player. Man, he's fun to watch. He loves playing. Um, the prospects have had his older brother as a as a player in the past, uh, so Mike's going to continue that tradition. Um, he can play the game, man. He's going to be fun to watch. Like I said, uh, my kind of guy mm-hmm. as far as player, and a lot of these guys are like you know. It's funny how it works. Attraction, laws of attraction, like 
couple of the coaches know what I'm looking for, and and I'm not trying to cookie cut it, but he just gives you an honest day's effort. Sure, yeah. He wants to play and wants to win. I love that about him. Um, got a little bit of speed, can play the game, gloves there, right-handed hitter, a uh, little bit of pop too. You know, not the biggest guy, but he'll, he'll run into some baseballs. I'm excited to see what he does this year. He's at uh, University Niagara University. It's in the uh, state of New York. It's D1. Um, they've had some really good Canadians. Mm-hmm. Former player of ours, Tanner Kerwer. There we go. Sherwood Park product, current Blue Jays minor leaguer, went to Niagara. Um, Jeremy Williams, outfielder, Benedictine Mesa, plays with Travis Hunt. There you go. Um, he's a gamer, dude. He walks and gets hit by pitch more than he strikes out. Stole 30-plus bags last year. I view him as hopefully super pest, and you love that. He's just going to be a grinder gamer. Uh, so we're excited about him. And then Trav. Trav would be the last guy we'll bring up. And um, if Trav doesn't get a professional opportunity. Travis Hunt. Travis Hunt, yep. sorry. Um, if he doesn't get a pro op, we're going to get him up here for the summer. Oh, uh, it's going to be good, exciting. And uh, either way, it's excitement for him. He gets to return yeah. uh, where he had a lot of fun. All right, you mentioned the Blue Jays a little bit there. Let's get to our conversation with one of the Blue Jays minor league managers, Brent LaValle. Let's check in with him right now. Play ball! We are very pleased to welcome to the Prospects Baseball Show Brent LaValle, Blue Jays minor league manager, uh, coming off a very successful stint at LSUS and a good North Delta BC boy. Uh, Brent, thanks so much for being a part of the Prospects Baseball Show. Congratulations on uh, becoming a member of the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Thank you very much. Uh, glad to be with you guys and uh, really excited for the future. Let's uh, let's go back to the beginning uh, before we get to where we are today and looking forward to your time with uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, playing baseball in North Delta. I know you were uh, in, inducted into the North Delta Hall of Fame, I believe. Um, what was uh, baseball growing up like in uh, North Delta, BC? Well, uh, baseball was intense there. Um, I'm the oldest of three boys, so I was kind of the first one to go through the the gauntlet and uh, probably the least talented of the three, but um, played hockey and baseball growing up and, and kind of got pretty serious about baseball right around ninth to 10th grade and uh, luckily, lucky enough to make the North Delta Blue Jays, which was the one of the top PBL teams in the area. Um, had an excellent coach, Ari Melios, Bob Bergmar, Mike Kelly, and uh, had some pretty Pretty great alumni down there, Jeff Francis, Justin Morneau, Jake Elder, Aaron McCray, like all these guys before us who kind of put the Blue Jays on the map in North Delta. And uh, we just kind of tried to follow suit and had a great uh, great amount of, of friends of mine and teammates who went down and played college ball after, after time in the CBL. I kind of just followed in their footsteps. That's great. And uh, the PBL, for everybody listening, is a premier baseball league. It's it's out in BC. It, uh, it encompasses... Uh, uh, team out in the Okanagan and Kelowna and then the mainland in Vancouver and then uh, a couple teams on the island and uh, I'm very familiar with that with my time out in Nanaimo and uh, Brent uh, for our listeners just can you describe how that recruiting process went from I, I don't know if I can play college baseball maybe I can play college baseball to when it came to fruition and you actually had an opportunity and a scholarship on the table yeah I mean it was uh, it was a product of our environment uh, they do a really good job in the PBL, uh, our organization especially, and it was really just hard work. I mean, I was by no means one of the most talented guys on the team, but I, I found a position where I could contribute, um, you know, premium position behind the plate, and just just kept working on it. Um, I was a much better hockey player than baseball player growing up through high school, I believe, and uh, when it comes to going to the state, getting a scholarship, getting four years of guaranteed, you know, time to develop and get better. Uh, it was just kind of a no-brainer when I had to make the decision between going playing junior hockey or, or college baseball. Really, it was a decision that I'm, I'm extremely happy I made back uh, back then, a long time ago. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, your your time at LSUS, your coach has been quoted as saying Brent would rather hit the ball than eat or sleep, and the fact that he would drive by late at night and the lights are on and, and you're in the cage. Uh, would, would you describe yourself as a, a, a grinder that, uh, you know, spent as much time at the stadium as he could to, to soak it up? And do you think that was, uh, you know, kind of the secret to your success? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, growing up in North Delta, we didn't really have a access to many batting cages. So, yeah, when you get down to the States and you're, you're told that, hey, these are, these are your cages 24-7, turn the lights on, crank up the pitching machine, uh, kind of, you know, it was my dream. You know, get down to practice and school, study, uh, and then, hey, let's go turn the lights on and go hit all night. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, was not, I wasn't very good at it, but at least I was, I was getting some work in. And uh, that's kind of the great thing about going to LSUS and playing for the coach who I played for. It was one of the things where you just kind of figured it out as you went along and you had all the tools there. I think that's important when, you, when you're choosing your college and, and going, you know, going that route is, uh, you know, finding a place that's going to let you become who you're eventually going to be and uh, giving you the freedom and the tools to, to do your job. So how did uh, Louisiana State Shreveport, Shreveport, Louisiana, find a player in North Delta, B.C.? Uh, a lot of good luck, I guess, on my behalf. Um, the head coach I played for had some ties to – um, Alberta baseball and PBA, and, and I think he kind of, you know, back when I, I came down to the States in 2004. So even before that, you know, he had a pipeline with PBA, and that let him kind of a little east and a little west of there. And uh, just, the, you know, the kind of the typical, stereotypical model of the Canadian baseball player is he's going to try his best to outwork the guy next to him and, and take advantage of the, the scenario he's in. So. Um, I had some really good guys that came before me through the LSUS program. And um, like I said, my my high school head coach, Ari Melios, is pretty uh, nationally renowned, and especially at pumping out catchers. And I really don't know how it all kind of came to be, but I know my phone rang and someone said, hey, that's cool, man. You, uh, you better, better listen to what they got to say. So I had no idea where Shreveport or Louisiana was. Um, never heard of it. Never couldn't put it on the map. But, uh, you know, looking back, extremely happy that, that that's where I was led to be. Home of the Shreveport Pirates for a brief time in the Canadian Football League and their <laughs> uh, uh, bad right. expansion plan that they had. And, uh, wow, it, when you look at your time at LSUS, uh, you, you had some extremely highs. You broke the record for most games cat by a, ca- a catcher, uh, some lows. You had to overcome knee surgery, and it's a, you know that's a, even a more impressive accomplishment. Setting that record, having gone through major knee surgery, but tell us about the night where you came back from knee surgery, two games, five home runs, and twelve runs batted in. I mean, that's almost what they make movies about. Yeah, uh, let's relive you're, it. you're like the natural dude. Oh, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Uh, <laughs> you didn't mention the part where I, I set the school record for sack bunch my freshman year. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Team uh, member. Team uh, player. It was. Uh, yeah, it went from bunting to, to hitting a few home runs. But um, no, that was cool. We had a really good team. I remember uh, we went down south, south of Louisiana, pretty far. Um, Mobile, Alabama. They it was like two top ten teams. They had two or three draft picks on the mound and. Man, we went down there and uh, we put it on them for three games. I was just lucky to kind of contribute the first two. But I remember when went 0 for 3 the, the third game of the series. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was that first game first game back and had sat out a whole year. It was so it would have been my fifth year, so I sat out with my true senior year. And I think it was just kind of like having to watch your team the whole year before do what they did. And um, during that time, we kind of remade ourselves as a, as a team with the approach and some of the things we're doing with the swings. So, kind of accumulation of, of great coaching, great philosophy, and then just you know being out for a whole year. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool weekend. Yeah, I bet uh, that that sounds like a magical weekend for sure, Brent. Um, you know, and I wanted to touch on uh, the relationship you and I have and, and uh, the, the fact that you uh, were able to send a few of your guys from the team last year up to play for the Edmonton Prospects. And uh, Bo Gilbo had been a, a two-year player for us, and, and I know he was a pretty special player for you. And uh, maybe you guys have some similarities there in, in that grinder mentality, and uh, we saw that up here as well. And we had uh, a couple of pitchers with Brendan Owens, and uh, Andrew Lowell also joined us last summer. Um, maybe just uh, touch on on that relationship that you and I have had, uh, just talking about players, and maybe go back a couple summers when we hooked up on Bo 
Uh, and that just started, we were already in the season and we, we kind of connected about a guy and, and just explain to our listeners how that process works from your end, who's the head coach down at a school in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, gladly. It was, um, anytime as a, you know, as a coach sending your players out, you need to send them to someone that you trust. And, you know, that's one thing after knowing you all the years and, um, you, you just got to send your players to someone you trust. I feel that's the best way to get the most out of them. And then in return to get the most out of, you know, the summer team and the, and the organization is that uh, when you and I know each other personally, you know, you're going to treat our guys right. And that's everything we've ever heard about Edmonton and then yourself. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, like the summer before when we sent Bo up there and it was the first guy we'd ever sent up there, he comes back and says, man, they did a great job. They took care of me. The living was great, uh, you know, the transportation to the ball games, the, just the atmosphere. And that, that really kind of encourages us as college coaches to keep pushing our guys back there. So, um, yeah, those, those three guys you had this year, they're great people on top of very competitive baseball players. Uh, you know, all of them contributed us for us last year. Uh, Bo was a three-time all-conference player, which was uh, pretty special to me because I'd I used to work with him when he was like 14 years old, and he was not an all-conference player back then. <laughs> and uh, Bo, Bo uh, at 14 years old, wanted to become a switch hitter. And uh, I remember our old head coach kind of said, man, you should probably put your focus on getting good on one side first. But he was dead set on on continuing to switch hit. And, you know, he, he made it happen. You know, he was, uh, like I said, three-time first-team all-conference player. Played a lot of baseball games when uh, – coming out of high school not many people thought he would so um really proud of him and brandon owens and andrew lowe lowe's going into his senior year now at lsu Shreveport. he's going to do great things owens is coaching now he's going to graduate this uh this spring so just uh just kind of really cool from my perspective to help these three different kids along their path in three different ways well, every player knows that eventually the game is going to end playing-wise and they have to look for something to do. Sometimes it uh, happens after you win a World Series. Sometimes it happens after you're done playing college. Sometimes it happens uh, after a minor league career. When did you know, Brent, that you wanted to become a coach after your playing career? Well, I think coaching was always in my blood and in my mind. Uh, I remember I, I ran like the a summer camp and I was like 13 years old it was not insured and I had no flyers or no Twitter <laughs> uh just just a bunch of like my my younger brother's good friends and I put on a little camp on my own you know like a, a little league in myself but so I think I've always been coaching um I remember the exact day and time when I knew I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player um and that's when I knew I better have a backup plan so uh, that was like halfway through my junior year. We were in a regional, and I saw two other guys that were just leaps and bounds ahead of myself in every facet of the game. Um, and that's when I realized I better have a backup plan. And uh, yeah, I got into coaching the year after I got I graduated my undergrad. Uh, kind of ran the gauntlet, went to grad school, became a head assistant, took over as head coach after about four years as a head assistant. So um, really, really fun path, but. Um, yeah, I learned during or found out during my playing career that I just wasn't going to be good enough to, to carry on. <laughs> um, so, so after you, after you graduate, you get your degree. Um, coach asks you, "Hey, Brent, is this something that you want to pursue?" Or were you were you knocking on the door saying, "Hey, Coach, I'm looking for a job. I want to get on the staff." <laughs> yeah, I, I went home for a year after baseball ended. Um, I think a lot of a lot of players and, and people are, are in this situation. They just don't know what they're going to do. And uh, I went home for a year, worked a couple of different random jobs. And about six months later, I called our head coach, like, I need to come back. I, I can't be away from the game. Yeah. Um, he's like, well, I got nothing for you right now. But in the spring, I'll have a graduate or uh, next fall, I'll have a graduate position open up. And it's yours. You I get into grad school. So um, I took a job working at the Winter Olympics. That was back in 2010. Nice. And uh, I worked the Winter Olympics up in a warehouse in Whistler, made a ton of money, saved it, uh, studied for the GRE, and got into grad school. I just, man, I, I did everything. I was a tuna fisherman, uh, 
it, it was uh, it was a wild six to nine months there, uh, just trying to get back and find out what was next, and then get back to college and, and pursue the coaching thing. So it's a it's a tricky time for guys, and I think there's a lot of you know college players that just graduated or about to graduate that you just don't know when the unknown is approaching. You know how it's all going to play out. So uh, it's a tough time for kids. Yeah, you know, and I can relate to the story a little bit. Uh, after I played my last summer in Victoria in 04, after I gradded in the spring of 04, I came, came back home to Edmonton, didn't really know what to do. And then, you know, I got on the phone with Coach Hager at Jamestown and said, man, I, I don't know if I can hack the real world here. I, I got to get back on the field. And I, lucky enough for me, I was able to go down in January and did the same thing, saved up enough money to last the, the spring and, and get started there. And then from there, I got uh, the opportunity to go to Nanaimo following that. So as you, as you went through the, the transition of, you know, the, the rookie GA level coach to head assistant, um, at that point you're thinking, okay, like I, I, I'm looking at making this a career. I, I really enjoy this. All, all the, the grind and the hours that people don't know go into it. Uh, did you have a heads up when coach was going to leave or did that come as a surprise or did you know that was coming down the pipe and, and were you in line to get that or did you have to go through a process to become the head coach? Um, no, when, when our head coach, well, I got lucky. I mean, a, a lot of this game is luck, right spot and right time. Maybe it's not luck, but right spot, right time, being good to people where they trust you when a job comes up. And I think that's really kind of what happened with me is the job came open. They knew I was trustworthy. They knew that I could, help impact others and, and that's why I got into coaching um, but then like to become the head assistant I got lucky I was done with my grad school I had no idea what I was doing I was a Canadian in the state no green card no work visa um, you know looking for any option to stay in the college game and, and just not many avenues and then um, our head assistant late in the summer got a head coaching job uh, Chris Bertrand got a head coaching job at UC Tyler and now he's at Northwestern State. Um, but he left, and I kind of slid into his role, and I got an extension on my work visa, and uh, kind of like right spot, right time. Uh, after a year, Coach Rocky Musgrave took a Division two job up in Idaho, and he let me know, hey, man, I, I got the job. Um, I want to bring you with me. I understand you want to stay. And uh, actually, I didn't get the job then. Another Canadian named Al Cantwell, who had played at LSUS, who was a PBA alum, um, he got the job. And he had coached LSUS when I had played. And uh, so Al got the job for three years. And then uh, he got out and went his way. And then when, when he left, I took over for him. So it's really, you know, it's one of those things where you got to be in the right spot at the right time. you got to be known for doing things right. And... Uh, you know, people got to people got to trust you with, with other humans. So, uh, the better you treat people, the more successful you'll be. You spent a lot of time uh, in that area, from being a player, transitioning to coaching, and uh, I know in your um, your kind of letter to the fans about the things that happened, meeting your wife. It's so special. So. It would take a, a real good offer for you to leave that situation, I think. And that's what you have now as a minor league manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, don't know yet what team it's going to be, but you're working with an organization that I'm sure you grew up, um, you know, really being excited about. And, and there's a lot to be excited there. Um, I guess tell us how the this part of your life came about. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... It, it, one, it's been great. Shreveport is uh, very you know, near and dear to my heart. It's where I played, it's where I met my wife. My two kids were born there. Uh, so many firsts in my life were there, and it was it was one of the, it was the hardest in my life to leave that place and leave those players and the people there. Um, still very hard to to think about it, but at the end of the day, when you've prepared those players and given them the tools to be successful. Um, kind of like one of the things where you want to see them be able to do it without you. So that's where I'm excited to watch them this year from afar and, and kind of see what they do, you know, with their new coach moving forward. Um, but those kids, they're terrific. Um, that program's going to keep improving every year. So, uh, But, no, it kind of all just started. Uh, 
you know, there's a huge push in, in minor league baseball and professional baseball right now for some of the knowledge that some of the, the college coaches have, and especially we're starting to see a lot of small college coaches get some opportunities that they didn't normally used to have because of, I mean, in Shreveport, we've had to be very, very good with, with not having a ton of resources. So we had to get creative. We had to see results. And um, I think that's what kind of led Toronto and myself to kind of hooking up. Um, but, you know, professional baseball is looking for guys that, that know how to, to make it happen. And uh, throughout the interview process with Toronto, they're just, I mean, the whole front office is terrific. Everyone I met and spoke to, um, they're just professionals and everything they do. And uh, just got the feeling of, of this is going to be a really good place to be. And uh, the staff members are all terrific. So I uh, couldn't be more excited to join this organization. You touched on a great point that uh, I wanted to bring up. And, and, and it's the, the fact that um, college coaches are, are now um, signing contracts with, with professional organizations and getting opportunities that maybe didn't exist, uh, you know, as a, even a couple of years ago. And, and in your opinion, Brent, what what's led to that transition for professional organizations to view the college game as as um, an area where they can they can poach great minds and great ideas? What's led to that transition, and and why is that attractive for professional organizations to now look to employ former college coaches that we see on Twitter? There's so many guys getting opportunities now. What do you think has led to that? Dude, I mean, I think there's so many different reasons. I, I think the college coaches just show how to be super resourceful. And, and, and you know, in, in our hearts and in my heart, my whole goal is to help these players get better. Uh, we know 95% of them, their career is going to end in college, but we take our resources and we put our time and effort into improving and, and you know, biggest work, the work is player development. And I think that's what's taking over. Uh, or maybe is at the forefront of minor league baseball right now is developing your players is becoming an all-time high um, or all-time premium maybe. And they're just seeing who can help us develop these players that we have and are going to draft to become the best players you know, that, that we find. So I just think it's, you know, just overall player development um, and then using the tools that, that you're given. I know for myself that we had to learn Throwing programs like Driveline, we had to learn how to use and read and implement that photo reports and blast motion sensors, uh, and do your own strength and conditioning. So when you're in college, you kind of encompass everything, and you have to kind of be a master at, at a whole bunch of different, different avenues. So uh, that's a pretty valuable thing, I imagine, in any business. You know, having employees who can do a multitude of things and, and do them well and understand different languages. Walks of life, so um, I'm not surprised by it. And, and honestly, a lot of these guys that are going professional, they they work really hard and they, they deserve it. So uh, it's a pretty cool time in baseball from the coaching side. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, maybe here uh, give you one on a, a little bit of the lighter side. Did you grow up a Blue Jays fan, or did we, do we have to switch some allegiance here now? Well, I'm from the West Coast, so Seattle was closest. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, the Blue Jays are, I mean, especially I grew up in the, the late 80s, so I was younger when, when they won it in the early 90s, and so, yeah, we, we grew up Blue Jays fans, but a little bit closer to Seattle, but uh, I'll tell you what, it's sort special, like, walk around the facility here, everything you see, the Maple Leafs on it, and uh, I've been gone from Canada for 15 years now, and kind of one of those things where everywhere I go, there's Maple Leafs, and, and that's pretty cool. Um, Oh, that's great stuff. So we don't exactly know what level or, or what team you'll be managing, but you obviously know some of the guys coming down the pipe for the Blue Jays. We see the guys right now in Major League Baseball uh, last year that got everybody excited. C- can you just tell us uh, some of the names that, that you think Blue Jays fans should be excited about that are on the way? I mean, I think there's just so many guys that it would be unfair to, to just label a couple, but uh, there, there's too many to, to talk about. Um, 
and, and the guys that broke in last year, they, they still have so many years ahead of them with the organization. So I think it's going to be a very, very fun uh, organization to follow in the next few years. That's for sure. So you down at uh, uh, down at the New Spring Train Complex, have you seen the renovations yet? Yes. Yeah, and they're terrific. Uh, absolutely terrific. So uh, really, really promising and very exciting things going on there. Yeah, because they went from maybe one of the lesser uh, the, it, renovations were were definitely needed. So that's cool that uh, it, it, their their plan was to go state of the art with this with this plan down there in, in Dunedin, and you, you feel like they've nailed that. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, it, it, it's going to be top notch, and, and from what it sounds like, one of the top facilities in all baseball. So uh, yeah, they definitely mission accomplished there. Can you just tell us uh, about the the importance of uh, leagues like the WCBL and, and teams like the Edmonton Prospects that you you know you have sent your players to? Um, you know, collegiate baseball. How important is that in the role of uh, whether guys move on to professional baseball or stay within baseball? Just keeping guys playing baseball. How important is that for you for you when you were at the college level? Yeah, I think. Uh, the summer baseball and, and what you guys are doing, uh, it, it's great because it, it encompasses a lot of different avenues for players because they're all in different aspects of the career. Uh, for example, years ago, we sent my brother, who was a, a redshirt freshman, never even caught a game in college, we sent him to Weyburn uh, to be like a backup catcher. And his career would not have, he ended up playing professional baseball uh, four or five years later. And I think it's because we just threw him into the fire. And, and on the guys at Weyburn were lucky, you know, they did, they, they took some redshirt freshman and he worked his butt off and uh, got in, you know, a lot on the field. And so he, you know, had that development role and that kind of like learn, you know, trial by fire. And then we have a guy, you know, for, for instance, Bo Gilbo, who came up with you guys in I think the 17 or 18 and 19 summers. I mean, First team all conference, caught a bunch of games, played a bunch. He, he took half the summer off in 18 and then came and kind of helped with the playoff push at the end. So, um, and then that got him ready to play his senior year for us. And then, uh, you know, the senior, like Brandon Owens, who you guys had in 19, you know, he just wasn't ready for his career to be over. He knew he wasn't going pro. He wanted to go out there with kind of no stress of school and, and go see a different part of the world. So, College summer baseball is terrific. And um, once you find a good spot like Edmonton where you can trust your guys, that they're going there, they're staying out of trouble, the ownership and the, and the coaching staff are going to take care of them, not abuse them. Um, it's a win-win from the coach's standpoint, from the organization's standpoint, and then from the players, regardless of what they need to improve on or what their experience is. I think it's just a win-win all the way around. All right, the uh, the big news of baseball, especially today, is uh, the situation with the Astros, uh, the suspensions and the firings. I know you're a member of the, the Toronto Blue Jays, so I doubt you'll get uh, specific, but uh, just, I, I guess, it, it, how much of this is being talked about inside baseball right now? Oh, shoot, it's, uh, it's a mess right now, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know too much about it, uh, other than what we read in the news. Um, down the facility today, like I heard down the hall that this had happened and, and you check your phone and, and it kind of comes out. So I think, uh, I think people are going to be talking about it a lot and, and for a long time as well. So, um, definitely a little bit of a black eye. Um, I'm glad it's being exposed mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I just don't think you can do that. Um, uh, obviously not because there's rules against it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to see that they're regulating this because, uh, you know, wasn't it the Dodgers that have lost to both the, the Astros and the Red Sox in the past, in two of the past three years mm -hmm. in the World Series? Like, you know, um, you, hate to, you hate to find out how deep this thing really goes. And, and that's, I guess, what I'm kind of scared of is to find out what comes out going forward. Uh, but, but hopefully the rest of baseball and everyone kind of realizes this is against the rules and, and this is what happens. Well, you, you know, touching on the, 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 the punishment that's been handed down and we're looking at, um, as severe a punishment as, as I, I, I think I've ever seen in professional sports, 
the general manager and the manager of the ball club picking up year-long suspensions. Um, you know, there's some draft picks, uh, draft picks uh, that are be- being taken away. There's a there's a five million dollar fine, um, but to suspend a manager, active manager, and the GM for you know a full calendar year, a whole season, um, this is unprecedented. And I, I think here in, in the next few days uh, and maybe weeks, as this unfolds and the gravity of this whole situation, you know, can sink in. Uh, we're going to look back on this as as a major turning point as far as all pro sports leagues, you know, putting the foot down for the integrity of the game. Um, and that's maybe something that, you know, has come up a few times in the sport of baseball and in, in the PED area. And then even way back into the, the Black Sox scandal and, and the Pete Rose stuff and the gambling. Um, do you think baseball will be able to move past this and, and have a great summer season coming up? Yeah, I, I don't doubt that, that things will, will carry on and improve. Uh, you know, baseball's full of a bunch of resilient people. And then I think the game has showed us, you know, especially this push that's happened the last few years. Well, you know, going back to Moneyball and kind of now and, and what's going on. I mean, I think the game's evolving. And, and that's a testament to the people that are involved in it and, and how much we want to push the envelope to kind of continue making our organizations better, our players better, ourselves better. Uh, so, yeah, I think I don't think there's anything, no hiccup. Uh, the game will keep pressing forward. People will continue wanting to get better and, and better themselves. So um, I don't think this will kind of hinder any of that development of the game. Well, Brent, we really appreciate your time. Uh, congratulations on becoming a member of the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Um, they're certainly on the rise. And best of luck uh, with the Blue Jays this season. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate your time and having me on the show. Yeah, thanks a lot for joining us, Brent. Good luck, man. Let's get back to the action. This is the Prospects Baseball Show. Fantastic conversation uh, with Brent, and I look forward to uh, following along the Blue Jays' uh, minor league system and seeing what he's doing. It's funny, when I was on TSN in Vlad's double-A season, we had the Vlad report. I might have to bring that back, and we might have to do the Vlad report every week uh, during the Major League Baseball season, but it was this uh, guy who shot some cell phone video (laughs) of a home run. You hear the crack of the bat, and you see, you just hear this guy go, got that some beep on video too. And it was just this <laughs> hilarious clip about Vlad Guerrero. And then we put it, we re- worked in like a Vlad Guerrero rap song at one point. So uh, I'm looking forward. The Blue Jays have so much uh, to be excited about. And one of our listeners has a lot of excitement as well. Oh. Congratulations <laughs> to Jeremy Copeman. The winner of our Ultimate Sports Passes contest, check this out. In his tweet back to us, he says he would take his five-year-old to a game. Awesome. Love it. Also says he has a picture of himself and Homer when he was at that age and wants to get one with his son. Look at the prospects and the baseball synergy in this city. So uh, here's what you can do, Jeremy. Send us a tweet. Let us know that you know you're a winner, and uh, we will get in touch with you. Uh, with those passes. Uh, I'm glad we ch- got back together again and chatted yeah. after almost a month. I look forward to more off season. Next Tuesday is the deadline. We will find out about Larry Walker's hall of fame induction or Wait, not. You think he's getting it? Well, I read he is one going to come one vote short. He's going to have 74.8% no, no. on the projections. Do what know? do you think? Okay. Oh, in or out? My goodness. In, is he going to get in or out? Let's call him. You say in? Yeah. I mean, we don't like. We no, pro- what's your what's your? I want him in. I yeah, think but what's he's your in. projection? He's you think in. he gets seventy five percent? He's in. Okay, I'm going to say he unfortunately comes up short, and it's going to crush me. <laughs> Sorry to be Debbie Downer, Dude, but well, no, that's just realistic. From he, what I've read, the projections short, say the projections say seventy four point eight percent. I want to see all the votes. Yeah, me that's, too. Like that's that's why they have to be public because this is this is the case. This is the. The, the skate in the crease Brett Hall goal. Yeah. Like, what are we, if this happens at, so we have silent ballots, we have some some public ballots, great. I want to see those. You're going to have some dude that, that put Derek Jeter and that's it on there. You know, like somebody's going to have abused that privilege mm-hmm. of putting the vote in and this dude's going to sit out for one vote because some jackass yeah. screws things up. Right? I, don't, I don't agree with it. 
but it's well hopefully we don't have to talk yeah, about hopefully we can it's a good situation so that'll be in the coming week uh, well next tuesday um we'll uh, continue uh, chatting baseball updating you about what's going on with the prospects and major league baseball there's still some free agents out there yeah. that uh, need to find homes JD, so baby uh, if you enjoy the show thank you very much please subscribe and leave a review very important to find out what you think and what you would like to see done on this show and if you'd like to join the program in an advertisement or sponsor role please email us at prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com thanks as, as always buddy uh, for uh, coming out to saint albert and i hope you don't get this sickness and i look forward yeah, to uh, talking to you next week me too dino ban the shift It's gone. It's a grand slam. And that's the ball game.